0: to the Hollow Sky podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Steven
1: and Kyle.
0: And we're glad that you're hanging out with us on this wonderful Monday morning. Get the week started off right, Hollow Cult, because it'll probably be terrible, most likely, <laughs> because it's Monday. Um second, this will be our second week back after our little break, but it's actually just a couple of minutes after we recorded the last episode. Uh, Kyle just got back from his vacay.
1: Yeah. It was fun. Good times. Drove across the country. Saw a lot of pretty stuff. Uh, got to visit Stardust Ranch.
0: Did not steal the sign for Stardust no, Ranch. No,
1: I wish I could have, but I didn't. Womp,
0: womp, womp.
1: And then I got to see the Superstition Mountains. And he did
0: not find the really, Lost Dutchman Mine. I did not. Pleasure.
1: Which is unfortunate, but it was a really good time. And... Congratulations to my sister for getting married.
0: Yes, congratulations. Yeah,
1: it's a good time. Hope it was awesome. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, but now we're back behind the sticks, as I like to say, and creating some content. We're getting everything squared away. Should be ready to roll soon. Be back on our grizzy. Hopefully
1: by now. As the kids say. The web store's up and running. Yeah. Should be. Should be, but we'll see.
0: We got a, some cool stuff over there. We got some ideas for some more merch. Web store should have uh, some shirts and some stickers stickers right off the rip. But we got some other ideas we're floating around.
1: Oh, yeah. Got some cool stuff coming. So it should be pretty cool.
0: Um, Kyle's got, uh, he's going to dive into some Skinwalkers
1: today. Yeah, more Skinwalker talk. Hell yeah. I dig it. Yep, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Some wild stories.
0: But before we get to get into that, we gotta go through all this business. So check us out at all social medias Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Discord. Come on over, be part of the community, join the holo cult because you know you want to. If you have a paranormal experience you'd like to show, share, wow, you'd like to share for a future show. Kyle's got some deets. you're gonna want
1: you can uh, call or text the holophone which is going to be 618-556-0837 you can write your story out or record yourself and shoot that over to the email which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com and really any way that you can get us your experience we're more than happy to take it and try to get it out there for everybody including adding your stories to the website
0: hell yeah Stoked for that to get up and running.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awesome.
0: If you'd like to support the show, there's a whole bunch of ways you can do it. You can check out our Patreon. Go over there. Look around. See if there's anything that interests you. Extra content and other stuff over there. We have a Venmo if you'd like to throw some pocket change into our monster fund to support our never-ending caffeine addiction. We appreciate that. Best thing you could do is share the show any way you can. Share it on social media. Share it word of mouth. Uh, share the night shift on YouTube every Wednesday. Just kind of keep the Hollow cult growing. Keep keep our name out there, and that's uh, pretty much all we can ask of you. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you could leave us a five star rating and review if that's your prerogative. And when you do, I'll gladly shout out your review. On a future show, which is what I'm about to do now. If I would have had it pulled up on my phone, but I don't. But I'm here now. So, today's five-star rating and review comes to us from our friend Miranda W. Miranda says, one of the best pods, five stars. My sister is an avid listener and finally got me to listen to the Time Traveler episode. I've been hooked ever since. Stay weird. Smiley face emoji. Well, Miranda, smiley face emoji back to you. And we appreciate the kind words and you taking the time to leave us, leave us a five-star rating and review. Also, shout out to your sister, who also is part of the Holo Cult. So I hope you all are well, and thank you for the support. From there, we move on to our listener experience of the day, sent to us from the old website, which by this time will probably be the new website. And this comes to us from our friend Elaine. Elaine says, personal encounter. Saw something in the evening sky at my mom's place tonight. That scared the crap out of me. Definitely military aircraft of some kind. Possibly special ops. Silently moving triangle-shaped craft. I don't know, but I didn't like it at all. So I was putting my cousin's baby's car seat in the back seat of my tiny car, in between my two kids' car seats, in the parking lot at my mom's townhouse. My cousin and my mom are talking, and my mom starts Steering the conversation down a what-are-you-all-doing-with-your-lives type of direction in the conversation. You gotta gotta love that yeah. when it goes that way. So between blindly attaching the child's safety seat to the car with no room to move my hands, even if I could see what I was doing, my two kids potentially able to wander into the parking lot while they waited for me to get their seats securely, secured properly. And now the conversation with my mom is heading where it was. I was already feeling more stressed out than I was comfortable feeling. I'm believing this feeling is what made what happened next. So upsetting to me because on the surface, my story is somewhat uneventful to me. It was super scary and worth writing to someone about obviously. So then I start to hear what sounds like military helicopters. And it sounds like there's either several of them or one big ass solo one. Either way, I'm already stressed out, and anytime I hear or see the military or some kind of military lookalikes flying around, I'm instantly suspicious and anxious. So I started looking all around for it, and I can't see anything, or even tell which distance it's coming from. I saw three lights coming toward us, though. They were headed east from the mountains, which we were to the west of. I should mention that I live in Colorado. We have NORAD an hour south of where this all took place, and less than an hour from Denver International Airport that place is up to something for sure can agree so i see these 3 lights <clears throat> and they have to be these aircraft i'm hearing even though i couldn't tell if they were stars planets or flying craft the sound i was hearing just kind of sounded off they looked too far away to be the cause of the sound and they look like planets or stars to me then the sound stopped like they got too far away i remember thinking See, they still haven't reached us, and the military choppers definitely just passed. But that's when the sound got louder than it was, and the lights got close enough to start to be able to make out a potential outline, which I wasn't able to do. They were too dark. Definitely military helicopters, except they had searchlights like the police helicopters use when they're looking for a suspect, which I thought was strange. My mom, my cousin, my kids, and myself were all looking up at these things now, and they fly over us extremely close to the ground. My kids are all asking, what are those? What are they doing? Same questions we all had. But now I got no answers. Uh, I'm like, kids, get in the car. Mom, get get inside your house and lock the door. Let's go now. Then the third light, which I would have bet money on being a planet, didn't think I needed to keep an eye on it, comes flying overhead without making a sound. Now immediately after the helicopters, like they were flying together. But a good 30 to 45 seconds after the helicopters... Okay, not like immediately after the helicopters, like they were flying together, but 30 to 45 seconds after. Like it was going to the same place as the helicopters, but not with them. This thing comes over us, and I'm like, what is that? My mom says, that's definitely an alien aircraft. That's a UFO. And I'm seeing a black triangle craft totally silent following those super dark, low-flying military searchlight choppers. I, I don't know. I freaked out and took off. I'm still shook up, though. Even if those were our government and not aliens, why? What were they doing? What were they looking for? And then thinking about it, the property at my mom's townhouse has gotten weird over the last year or two in general. Anyway, sorry it was so long, and sorry if I rambled. I'm just freaked out. Thanks for reading. All right. Elaine, thanks for the submission, first and foremost. Um, damn. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So let me break this down again in my head. So you've got the military helicopters with the searchlights, which is sus. Because like you said, what are they looking for? After it comes the second wave of aircraft, which you thought was a planet, but it is not. Going the same direction. And then lastly, you get the uh, black triangle. Which we've been hearing a lot of lately. Yeah, there's been a lot of this this weird, almost cloaked triangular craft. We it was there was one similar on the night shift, and <clears throat> it's weird.
1: It is weird there, and a lot. I think a lot of the general consensus with the black triangle is that it's military craft. Yeah, at least that's what it seems to be. Uh, whether it is or not, who knows? But yeah, I would be. I'd be a little shell-shocked as well to see all that going on at the same time. It definitely yeah. makes you feel like something's going on.
0: Yeah, and they... I mean, you'd almost have to believe that they're all connected.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. What are the
0: chances of that? those three weird occurrences happening in sequential order and them not being connected? I am curious to know about what other weird shit has been going on at your mom's townhouse property. For sure. To see if it ties together. Are we looking like... Looking at like another stardust skinwalker here.
1: <laughs> Let's hope. Hell yeah.
0: No, not for them though.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, true.
0: But yes, uh, thanks Elaine. And if you think about it and you want to shoot us another email about the weird stuff that's been going on, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, So from there, we are diving back into the wild world of skinwalkers.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, like I said, I've been pretty fascinated with this stuff. And I got several books on them. So I'm kind of, when I get the chance reading them, going through them. Uh, this one is the second installation from Gary and Wendy Swanson. The book itself is called We Survive Native American Witches, Curses, and Skinwalkers. It's super awesome. Uh, I'm actually a little jealous because they get to hear like from the people's mouths and submissions about these skinwalker stories. but uh, right out of the rip the the first story in the book is fantastic it uh, it tells about the ancient history again of skinwalkers and why they were created which you know to, to go back on that, they were created to help aid the Navajo people with the invading Spanish the person writing in tells of, of meeting with some of his relatives in their homeland it's also ironic because as I'm reading this story I read that the person submitting the story lives in Flagstaff which I I mean I literally drove through Flagstaff while reading this book synchronicities right.
0: abound
1: Anyways, he recalls a story where he once again visits his grandfather. Well, the grandfather had asked if he wanted to visit the the family dwelling, which was this home that had been carved out of the mountainside from way back in the day. So the submitter said, well, yeah, of course, and off they went. As they headed out to the location where they would have to climb the mountainside to get to it. They noticed a car following them, but the grandfather more or less shrugs it off saying it's most likely, uh, the man that writes for the local paper, because apparently this guy is super nosy. And anytime people new come into town, I guess he just pays attention (laughs) and is always looking for a story to sell. You gotta love it. Right. Anyways, they get to this dwelling and there had always been a fire pit right inside. Well, the grandfather began moving the bricks away. The submitter shot him a worried look because as a child, when they, because as a, as a child, he used to play in the, in the dwelling quite often with his friends and cousins, but they were always told to never touch these bricks because supposedly there was an evil witch, one even stronger and worse than the yee a.k.a. Skinwalker. The grandfather had explained how beneath these stones lay a treasure, one in which had been cursed until the stars were in a very particular alignment, which apparently that alignment happened a few weeks prior to the submitter showing up, and the grandfather took that as a sign that they should go visit this. Interesting.
0: Interesting.
1: So, as they move the bricks away, they see this cutout where all these little bags have been stored. They picked up one of the bags, cut the leather binding off of it, and dumped out its contents. It was full of Spanish gold. Sick. Which is awesome. So, the two men basically split up the findings. They put it in their backpacks, and no sooner do they get done doing this, they hear a click come from behind them. They turn around, and they notice this straggly man standing in the doorway with a gun pointed at him. (laughs) And at the same time, the submitter finds it very weird because he starts to notice this disgusting odor he he's like i it smelled exactly like when you find a rotting deer carcass on the side of the road gross just a terrible smell the man explained how no one had to die and that he also knew what was in those packs because apparently he had been following him for some time he knew that the grandfather had spotted him while they were driving So the man ended up pulling over next to the bridge that they had to cross to get to where they were going and then went the rest of the way as a deer. In the end, they end up handing over one of the bags. They basically split up the findings. So you have a bag going to the guy with the gun and then the other two men will split one of the bags. The grandfather and the submitter go back to the truck and began to leave the area. The submitter asked what the man meant when he said he turned into a deer and the grandfather starts to laugh and he's like, that dude is a known skinwalker. Like The town knows that's, that, that dude's a skinwalker. <laughs> but karma does what karma does best and it comes around full circle in this situation. So as the, as the grandpa and the submitter are driving down the road, they see a police car up ahead. It's got its lights on, you know, got the road shut down. In front of the police car was a dump truck, and it was parked right in front of the bridge that the Skinwalker dude had parked his vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. The officer approaches the, the, the window and he's like hey i'm sorry for the delay uh we had a little bit of a an accident up here when all of a sudden the the dump truck dump truck driver kind of comes around his vehicle and he's walking toward the officer and grandpa and he has this like just dumbfounded look on his on his face he's like what in the fuck man he's you know he starts to kind of reiterate what had happened. He's like, I- I'm driving down the road here and I saw this big buck running with what looked like a bag tucked in its antlers. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm, I can only assume that's what caused the deer not to see me. And the dump truck hits the fucking deer with... Enough force to pitch the deer over the side of the bridge. And the dude is like, and I know for a fact that deer is dead. And grandpa was basically like, Well, how do you how do you know for a fact? And he's like, because its hind quarters are still at the front of my truck.
0: Oh, damn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he straight hit it and cut it in half. And the one half with the bag of gold
0: flies off into the river. All right. So a couple things here. I love that the community is just like, yeah, that dude's a skinwalker. Bro,
1: the more you read about this shit, because the way I interpret these books, Gary and Wendy have the rare ability to go to these reservations and talk with these people because there's more than one encounter that you read when you go through these books where they, they are officially talking to the Navajo and some of them, they tell Gary and Wendy their story and then they retract information that Gary and Wendy want to put in the book. Cause they're like, you're not learning our family secrets. Like you're not, awesome. you're not using our, our people's secrets. For to the pro, like, to promote your book. Yes, like that's not happening. Yeah. This is not for everyone yeah. to know. I dig that. Same.
0: I also like that we have found another uh, skinwalker deterrent, and that is dump trucks.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Dump trucks. If you're ever plagued by a skinwalker, high speed, high velocity dump trucks are a repellent.
1: Well, apparently. I think I get into it a little later in this episode, actually, but I'll go ahead and drop it. But apparently, when it comes to skinwalkers, they are as fragile as we are, so to speak. Like oh, they can be killed. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: That. Uh, that, that that changes the dump truck aesthetic a little bit.
1: Right. So I mean, it, but
0: still, if you need to, you can.
1: Yes. Yeah. If the options there, go ahead and take it.
0: <laughs> if you need to, you know.
1: Um, The next story that I have involves a man named Charlie. Charlie wasn't Navajo, but he was more or less like a, a researcher of sorts. Charlie was actually given permission to explore an area within Navajo Nation. Charlie was searching for some old forgotten homes. I assume he would get stopped quite often within Navajo Nation and people would kind of like check him like, why are you here? And then he would explain to them and then they would say, well, then you need to prove that you have permission to be here. So then he would pull out his paperwork and all that stuff and he'd prove. So what he ends up doing, instead of having to deal with this shit all the time, he ends up hiring a Navajo guide named Donnie. After exploring this area that he'd set out to explore, they were actually able to follow paths inside the cliffs to the the what they call the Forgotten Dwellings. Both of them were excited by this discovery. They start to explore the many rooms and found one that had the Sapapu within it. This is apparently an area that would allow the ancient gods of the Navajo to cross between worlds. Right,
0: what's it called again?
1: The Sapapu, S I P A P U. That's what. That's my yeah w- reading awesome. of it. It's probably wrong, but anyways, uh, Charlie wanted to lift the stone so badly to look down inside, but he did not do this for two reasons. As he thought about doing this, he got a flash of an image inside his head. It was a dark figure that charged into the dwelling only to rip his head off and toss it over the cliff.
0: Nah, so good. that
1: that it kind of infects his brain there. Also, out of respect for Donnie and the Navajo, he decided it would be for the vet the best to leave it alone. So the two men began to explore more of these dwellings, and before they knew it, it was getting dark. So they decided to make camp there for the night. They kind of rush around, and find some sticks and chunks of wood to start a fire. Neither of them at this time wanted to stay in the room with the Sapapu. So they ended up choosing a different room and settled in for the night. Shortly after this, they you know, because of all the exploring, all the hiking, all, all of it, they were just exhausted. So it didn't take long for both of the men to just kind of pass out. But Charlie gets woken up at 2 a.m due to something brushing over his face in his head. He thinks it's his collar for whatever reason, but he remembered that his shirt, he had buttoned all the way up and his collar was down. So he opens his eyes and begins to kind of scan the room looking for whatever had touched his face. He spots this lanky shadowy figure over by Donnie and where he was sleeping. But this creature turns towards Charlie and begins to make make its way back over to him. So Charlie kind of starts to panic on the inside, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Because I don't know what this is or who it is, but I know it's coming right at me. So as slowly as as Donnie can, he starts to reach into his pocket to grab his 38 Special two-shot Derringer. And that's, that's a pretty small firearm. You can easily fit it in your pocket. He gets his hand on it and, and begins to... He pulls it out and begins to kind of position it, I assume, from, like, the hip area because this thing's getting close at this point. So he's just kind of, like, firing from the hip, like, you know... Literally. Literally, yeah. And as this thing gets closer and closer and closer... Uh... He flicks the safety. I think so. No, he he just he's just waiting until he wants this thing to get as close as it possibly can so he doesn't miss. The creature ends up getting that close. And Charlie just kind of pulls the trigger, hoping that he hits, and the beast lets out this ungodly noise. Charlie gets up and begins to press the creature at this point because he knows that he hit it. He plans on taking another shot. However, the creature at this point turns towards Charlie again, and I guess Charlie pulls out a flashlight and hits it with it, like shines a light on it. He said that this thing's face was just fucking ripped apart. He, he's like, I think I blinded it because at that in that exact same moment he realizes that the first shot in his Derringer is buckshot, so it's like shooting it in the face of yeah. the shotgun, right? The Skinwalker seems to move around pretty disoriented. And it starts moving away from the area. And it's, it's like... It must have heard Charlie start to press in on it because it turns back around to face Charlie and maybe attempt to attack him. Because at this point, it's outside of the, the little home area they're staying in next to the cliff edge. However, as it turns... Its foot slips and it falls over the cliff, right? Charlie's like, on the way down, this thing was just screaming and it was just utterly terrifying the noises it was making until it hit the bottom and and was dead. Um. So Charlie is terrified, right, as to what just happened. But at the same time... He is confused because he's like, "Why in the fuck is Donnie not out here? How how does someone sleep through all of this?" Because he fired a shot inside the dwelling, yeah. which would be loud as all get out, yeah. right? And then this, the the noise the creature makes, the the little skirmish, etc., everything. So Charlie goes back into the dwelling and approaches Donnie. Unfortunately, Donnie wasn't sleeping. Donnie's throat had actually been cut ear to ear. Oh, shit. So the skinwalker just straight (laughs) took Donnie out of the game.
0: I thought you were going to say that Donnie was a skinwalker. No.
1: (laughs) Nope, it had killed Donnie. Yeah. So Charlie ends up waiting around for daylight before he moves. Uh, He covers Donnie with tarps with their tarps and rocks to help keep the animals away from him as daylight broke charlie makes his way back out to assu- assume to contact the authorities and let them know about donnie but i believe when charlie was leaving he looked over the edge of that cliff and there was no body there oh, that's so
0: so weird
1: but Is if that-, that if those things are just as fragile as we are, I mean, unless it has the ability to heal, which it very well could, but it would mean that fucker's blind,
0: and probably super fucked up from falling oh, off yeah. the of a cliff,
1: right? Because it doesn't—it doesn't elaborate on how big the drop was either. Yeah,
0: because I was thinking the same thing in the first story when he when he initially said he'd hit the deer and threw it over the uh, bridge. I'm like, this thing's gonna be gone, but. Half of It was cut
1: in half, zone. right.
0: <clears throat> the way he described it when he first saw it kind of gave me the heaves because he uh, was talking about how tall and lanky and yeah. it was in the dark. That was
1: creepy. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the stories in this book are fantastic. I picked out a handful of them. Not even, I think there was like 20-something submissions in there. So good. Uh, and that one in particular, like, Man, I could not imagine like uh, the excitement of finding those areas, you know, and just exploring them alone. Outside of like, outside of the paranormal aspect to all of it, just finding those locations would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, right. Because that's that's incredible parts of history.
0: Hey, Hollow The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovus Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovas is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids.
1: And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have... Crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They, they have it all, and it's, it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be?
0: Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Takovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: And then on top of that, you have the Skinwalker play out, which is terrifying. It adds a whole new element to the situation. I don't know. Just, just crazy.
0: Do you think it's a coincidence that the authors' name are Wendy and Gary? Wendy... I don't know. Uh-huh. It is weird. It uh-huh. is weird. Maybe that is maybe weird. It's a, maybe it's a ongoing battle that we aren't privy to.
1: <laughs> They're out there just putting skinwalkers on blast. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> but you know, as you keep reading through this book, you you, you stumble across these different stories here and. I love I love these stories. These ones were really really awesome. The first one I'm just going to kind of summarize it here because there there is information that I want to get to and, and have a conversation with Steve about, but so you have the first one here and it involves a couple military buddies. Both of them were natives. Now, Jerry, he was Navajo and Chuck was Lakota Soy, or Sioux or Sue. Well, Chuck had always been curious about the legend of the Skinwalker. For the most part, he thought it was just that, that it was just a, a, a legend. However, one day Jerry had invited Chuck to the Navajo reservation. So Chuck Chuck goes to Navajo reservation with Jerry. They end up driving out to a spot where they can kind of camp, hang out, do a little bit of drinking. Plinking with their guns and whatnot, and it, I'm assuming they stayed out there for a couple of days, but because a couple of days into it, Jerry's friend Rob shows up that night. They they have a bonfire. They start doing a little bit of drinking and talking and bullshitting. Jerry, who's the Navajo, looks over at his his buddy Rob and he's like, "Hey." My buddy Chuck here, he's always wanted to meet a skinwalker. Both Rob and Jerry start laughing. And Rob looks over at Chuck and goes, well, now you can say you've met one. (laughs) Fuck Right? (laughs) So Rob starts to tell of what it took to achieve this. They just, like Rob's just putting it out there. When finally, after, you know, explaining some of the details and what have you, Rob begins taking the guys down to where he makes his final transition. And I believe they call it, what did they call that? It was like reaching the highest plateau or something like that.
0: What a flex. Yeah. What a flex that is.
1: But this is interesting, right? Because Jerry and Rob, they were walking in front of Chuck. And all the guys are kind of talking, bullshitting, and they're walking down the steep path. And Chuck had only been a few feet back. Only after a while, he couldn't see Jerry up ahead. He could only hear Rob talking. So Chuck, not knowing the area and kind of being a little freaked out, he picks up the pace to try to catch up with uh Jerry and Rob. He gets up there thinking that both the guys had like turned a corner or a dip because he couldn't see them. He gets up there and he only sees Jerry. But he can hear Rob talking. Right? Yeah. Super confusing for Chuck. He's like, what the fuck? When all of a sudden, right in front of Chuck's eyes, Rob appears. He just shows the fuck back up. What? Right? And Chuck has this, like, look of astonishment on his face. And Rob starts to, he he notices the look, and he's like, listen, man, I'm sorry. He says, I haven't gotten it down yet, the switching between dimensions.
0: Just so nonchalant. Yes. Like, this is what I do. You just happen to be here to see it.
1: Right. Now, later on, I had read another story of a husband and wife who had been camping up near the Devil's Tower. They were talking with a ranger or a guide about this group of witches that had shown up to the area to see what kind of evil they could raise but for the most part according to the ranger uh they're they're more or less pretty harmless later on as the couple were walking through the woods they stumbled onto a campsite it looked like it it was about four or five natives they were all dressed in deer hides all hanging around a massive campfire so the couple were like oh shit like this is super cool you know Let's move around to the because they were high, they were basically in a tree line where they assumed nobody could see them. So they're like, well, let's move around and get a little bit closer and maybe maybe take a picture or two. So they start to move through this wood line, and as they break through the brush to take these pictures, there was nothing there. Then hmm. the natives were gone. The fire was gone. All the camping stuff was gone. It's all gone. So they get confused. They're like, what the fuck? Are we in the wrong area? So they start to walk into the clearing, and they notice where the grass in this clearing was pushed down, like something was there. And as they're scanning the area, they're looking around, they notice two large bucks running like humans. I hate that. Yes.
0: I hate that. Anytime I hear any description of animals that should not be walking on two legs, walking on two legs, let alone running on two legs. It makes me uncomfortable.
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, which obviously creeped them out. They, they're like, we're getting the fuck out of here. We're leaving. They get in their cars. They, they leave. But as they're leaving, they see the exact same two bucks, running alongside their car as they leave the campsite,
0: on their hind legs.
1: I believe so. No, but and those were those were summaries of those stories. There's a lot more details in those stories, so please get the book, uh, check it out. It's an awesome book. But again, it makes you wonder if there's a dimensional shift there in that story. The first thing I thought of, right when you said.
0: Like, like they were looking through when they're in the tree line they were looking through the veil and they see the campsite and they they see the Native Americans around it and then once they circle back around and breach everything's gone
1: yeah it makes me wonder if the skinwalker has the ability to navigate in between dimensions yeah. right yep. because he did it he did it in the prior one and he even apologizes. He's like, I can't get this down. The switching between dimensions, like I'm, I'm just new to it, right?
0: And it's it's weird that when he was in, in that story specifically, when he was in the the uh, the alternate dimension, you could still hear him.
1: Which that is fucked up, in right? Our dimension. That's fucked up. That because if you if you take that concept and and start to I'm not saying like assign it to different things, but if you hold it as a possibility to different encounters, different cryptids, different ghost situations, different situations across the paranormal board. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying attribute that there, but you just keep it there. You just save it for later. It really starts to make you wonder about about the the dimensions and the possibility of right cuz it does i don't know the more the i mean it's weird for me to say but the more that i read the more that i learn the dimension thing makes way too much sense <laughs> it really does like uh, even 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 if extraterrestrials um, from, from our dimension, from different planets, you could only assume that they're smart enough to still be able to traverse dimensions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Um, imagine how out of our element we are. If there are predatory entities out there that can traverse dimensions, but they can use sound as bait to lure us out into a spot to where it can do whatever it wants with us, pull us into other dimensions. The sound can traverse from its dimension to our dimension to lure us to where it can do whatever it wants with us.
1: It's so weird, man.
0: That's terrifying.
1: It's so weird. But I just, like in the last episode, I said that the, the dimension talk will pop up in you know my this episode here but it's it's so it's so weird that you go from skinwalker to the little people of Alaska and they both have the dimensional aspect to them yeah. mm-hmm. and then you look at any of the other ones across the board they have a dimensional aspect to them and it, it you, you can't deny that like you just can't because i and i made note of this because For me personally, it was the first time that I had considered or even read that the skinwalker has a dimensional ability to it.
0: And then like there's so many other aspects of the paranormal. What what is is it a skinwalker or is it a windigo that can mimic voices? Wendigos? The
1: Wendigo is is more known for it. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if the Skinwalker could sure, do it, too. I'm sure it can, but... The yeah, it usually, yeah, usually holds a lot in the Wendigo lore.
0: Which ties in to the Otterman lore, who also uses mimicry and yep voices to lure people out to where they disappear.
1: Right, exactly. It's
0: almost like all of these beings have interdimensional abilities.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, it's just... I mean it, it just it just makes too much sense. Yeah. You think right?
0: like you like you think about Bigfoot where there's actual like thermal video evidence of this 10-foot creature being in the shot and then stepping out of existence. Right. How in the fuck do you explain that any other way?
1: Oh, I agree. And then yeah, my my brain's fucking hammering hard now. Uh then you go back to the natives, right? The natives were very spiritual people. All of them. They all believed in gods and all and everything like that. And then bro, like what if because the the skinwalkers native lore, you have the little people that would be the native lore in that direction, you have the Algonquin who have the the Wendigo lore, and then you have all these other uh Native cultures that like they all have like a Bigfoot aspect to them, and this, that, and the other, and and then you have what I don't remember what tribe it was, but wasn't there like talk from a tribe that believed that I guess more or less I don't know I don't remember if the tribe did it or if they they witnessed like a Stargate opening and people coming through. Oh, I cannot remember the. Entirety of the story, I guarantee our listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but w- what if what if the natives were capable of opening something and creating a bridge between the worlds? Because they t- they like in some of their lures, they talk about things opening up. Yeah, you know, and then they they had rituals that they would take part in you know even if it's them you know how they would dance around the fire and, and just do these rituals healing rituals and everything else just like with our current modern day religion like that has roots to it like like though what i'm trying to say is those those came from somewhere so yeah. they they had to have been handed down from further off in time
0: and where there's smoke there's fire
1: right exactly so i don't know it's just it's a mind fuck it like it's hard to get it out in words right now
0: and it's and it like it traverses geography and culture like yes. in, like south america you have the duendes
1: and exactly um
0: all all holding this this same sort of elements of all this other folklore you know which it makes me want to look into like Egyptian folklore and culture. See if, see if there's there's some
1: interesting shit in there. See
0: if there is anything like that can tie to, to portals, which I'm sure there is. Oh, I'm sure they believe in so many different gods and them just appearing out of nowhere, appearing from the sky, appearing, you know, coming down from the sun. Like it could all, (sighs) it's like all these puzzle pieces. To the same picture You just you just you can only put them in one by
1: one right yeah I don't know I just found it really super interesting about the dimension the dimension talk mm-hmm. popping up even more so that it it has now was in two episodes back to back very interesting
0: and I mean when you when you have people that disappear without a trace without a trace that's like <laughs> that baffles me.
1: Oh yeah, that baffles me, especially in today's world,
0: and and just when you have like missing four one one, when you have people that disappear, the area is searched thoroughly, over and over and over. You have SAR teams on horseback, on ATVs, on foot, grid walking these areas, and then a week later, they find the body. The exact spot that had been searched multiple times, like something had pulled it out of this world, and then just laid it back down in this world.
1: Yeah, it really does give you that whole like upside down vibe.
0: So weird, man.
1: Absolutely. Uh they're... Trying
0: to wrap your brain around it.
1: Yeah, it's, sometimes it's hard. Like it just melts your brain.
0: And who's to say? Like, who's to say we don't traverse these? dimensions just as easily we just don't fucking know we're doing it
1: yeah yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't argue that and who's to say we don't have just the flat-out ability to do so and we just don't know how to do it
0: don't yeah don't know how to harness it yeah like look at look at shit like astral projection i say it all the time but that i i, I don't know man Altering consciousness, I feel like holds holds a solid key.
1: Oh, I guarantee to this kind it. Of shit. Guarantee it.
0: Cause like think of, think about the the night shift story we had the week before our last one. Where the dude was taking a conscious altering drug and was Essentially manipulating time in his existence. Yeah. By altering his consciousness.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, like you said, it holds, it's it's a mass key in the truth.
0: When I start thinking about this, it makes me wish that I was so much smarter <laughs> because I sit here and I try to put my thoughts, which are already f- jumble fucked, to words, which makes it even worse. Yeah. And then I just end up feeling dumb.
1: I know I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> I really do. Cuz it is hard to explain, especially on the fly. I don't know. It's 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 all fascinating, it really is.
0: It is it's awesome how like the lore can be tied in to to what could essentially one day be like scientific fact. Like, we had all the answers all along. We had all the evidence all along. People just write it off as folklore.
1: Yeah. Which would be amazing to have happen. But, anyways... Min-
0: minus all the entities traversing in between the Well, dimensions. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it'd just It'd be cool to have there be factual backing to, yeah. lore, like, native lore and stuff. Yeah. I, I, that would be awesome. But, moving forward here, this story is it's short but it it's fucking awesome <laughs> um and apparently so this is this is cool because uh this is going to sound out a lot of this this short story is going to be outlandish like the overall message of it but you can't talk shit because apparently this story has been verified by the Navajo elders like there's proof behind it and I'm here for it. So this dude his father was a bit of a gambler and a drinkler, a drinker. He was he was far better at gambling than he was drinking. Every Saturday night he would go hang out with his buddies and play some cards. It was only a few blocks from where they they lived, so the father would just walk there and walk back. Well, at one point the, the mother was sick and collapsed to the floor. So the guy submitting the story here, he was a kid at the time, he decides to go get his father. He starts jogging up the road, or actually down the alley, to go to where his father was. Well, he ended up meeting his father halfway. And he, he was explaining to his father what had happened and how mom's on the, you know, she, she passed out, she fell down. So both of them began to kind of pick up the pace and try to get back home. Well, on the way back, the father was bragging about how he absolutely killed it gambling tonight. He's like, I cleaned him out, boy. He's like, I won thousands of dollars this time. He's like, we're going to be good for a little bit. The next thing the boy remembers, he feels something hit him in the head and waking up to daylight. As he turns to look at his father, his father was dead. Damn. Uh, He was covered in a ton of cuts. The police said it looked like whoever had done this to his father really fucking enjoyed it. Like, it was that gruesome. Yikes. The boy's mother had also passed that night from her illness. So the boy ends up getting sent away to live with his uncle. Now, after years and years go by, his appearance had changed. He goes back to his hometown, gets a job, and begins to look into what had happened to his father. Well, one day he was talking with a co-worker when he noticed a large hawk swooping down to snatch up a, a squirrel. At the last second, the squirrel ends up jumping towards the hawk. Mid-air, the squirrel turns into a coyote and snatches the hawk and carries the hawk off. So with that happening, the two men begin to talk about skinwalkers. And the friend points down the street to a house and says that is a known place where skinwalkers live. That house was the very same house his father used to gamble in. Oh, shit. And all he says to end the story was that's when I put my plan in motion. However, now we'll go back to the beginning of the story, the beginning of the submission of the story, because this is what what makes the entirety of the story, in my opinion. At the beginning of the story, he writes, my favorite thing to do is to kill skinwalkers. <laughs> and he will not he did not go into detail about his accomplishments, how he does it because that's a that's a protective protected Navajo thing, right? Yeah. But he goes he tells the story as to what got him started on this journey. And it's because he found his his, his father died that night.
0: How badass is that? Fucking crazy. First thing you take away is that the house always wins, especially if it's a skinwalker house.
1: But it seems like he's killed more than one. He says that
0: definitely plural. He's like, like to hunt, kill skinwalkers. Yes.
1: He says nothing special about me. Uh, I'm not immune to any of their powers. He's like, he basically says, I don't give a shit because I've got nothing left to lose at this point.
0: That's almost scarier than a skinwalker.
1: <laughs> yep, his mother and father had already passed. He was on his own, and because of what happened to his father, he basically just has this massive vendetta against the skinwalker. And so that's just what he does. He just that's his pastime now. He just goes <laughs> around and hunts. What a badass. Um, in conclusion to this episode, I have an interesting and almost disappointing bit of information to share.
0: Oh, man.
1: The authors, Gary and Wendy, seem to have been able to interview an elder about skinwalkers. Through this elder, or through this, the elder said that the era of the skinwalker may be coming to an end because natives don't live with death nipping at their heels anymore, like they did back when the Spanish were yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there isn't a need for, you know, these powerful witches to exist anymore. It's also possible, and this is this is theorized through the elder, it's also possible that the gods almost installed a kill switch to the skinwalker, meaning one day it may be impossible to become one. Like it has its own countdown, right?
0: Interesting.
1: The elder also states a few interesting facts because of the power of the the gods made them mortal so they can die just like we can. Also, it doesn't get written in the book, but there are apparently other ways to control or influence the Yi as well, which I found extremely interesting. The family of this man actually, like I said earlier, the family of the elder... Was the one who made the Swansons remove sections from the oh, story gotcha. because he I was gotcha. the elder, telling all. Of the, I, I'm assuming he gave out a lot of secrets and stories from himself. Like he was just he just an older guy telling a story, right? And the, it was actually his son that would have a little bit of of snarkiness and reservation about some of these going. Out to the world, he mm. they were not about that life. Interesting. So, and it it does, doesn't it make you a, a little bit jealous? Like, could you imagine, even if it was a one hundred percent off the record, we were not able, we were not able to, to reiterate this story in any way, shape, or form. Oh, I'm but we got, we got accepted into a Navajo elders' home or what where, wherever. And he's like, I'm going to tell you all about the... 100%
0: there. Bro. Oh,
1: that's where I'm fucking at. 100%. Without question. I, I don't. To- I wouldn't give a fuck if he's like, here's an NBA. You have to oh, sign yeah. it. I go, I'll, that's, I'm in. Not
0: necessary. <laughs> yeah. if you tell me not to talk about it, I'm not going to. Right.
1: Oh, just man. Just being able
0: to be there and hear it from such a source.
1: Yeah, and look them in the eyes when they're telling you. Like, the... The power of that situation would be amazing. Yes, and just
0: being able to absorb—oh
1: man—that knowledge. Like it, it makes me envious of of Gary and Wendy because they had they they've gotten these opportunities.
0: Yeah, it's almost it's almost how how those experiences and those lures were, are supposed to be passed on.
1: Oh yeah, that I mean? that's a fucking perfect way to put that. Yeah, one hundred percent perfect way to put that it would be amazing. Oh man, I couldn't imagine. I I honestly could not imagine. That would be, that'd be fucking sick. It would, dude. And that's it, what
0: I'd say and then they just look at me like get out of here. Like that was fucking sick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, that that's all I got. Please if if you like Skinwalker lore as much as I do, I would I would highly recommend picking up these books by Gary and Wendy Swanson. They're awesome. It seems like they come from an honest place and that they have, like, legitimately the most reliable sources on the topics.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. I couldn't... Uh, it'd be hard to fathom sitting there and, like, listening to these accounts and listening to them recount their experiences and just being like, holy shit. Oh,
1: dude, I couldn't...
0: Because we hear it Secondhand, we're like, man, that... That's wild. Oh yeah, to hear it like from people that experience it firsthand, like we we know how that is, right? Doing what we do, like with UFO encounters and Bigfoot encounters, like hearing it firsthand from people is powerful.
1: Oh, absolutely! It is powerful. absolutely, especially you know, I know a lot of these were written in to to Gary and Wendy, but like um, um, imagine sitting down face to face with anybody who's had any of the encounters that we've gotten submissions from yeah i mean some of these would be fucking crazy yeah because you get the that's what makes talking to people that's why storytelling is so important like you kind of pointed out that you see their their body expressions you 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 feel it through their words you like like it is it's a whole nother Power that's in that room, that's in that conversation. Yep.
0: nothing gets lost in translation.
1: You know? Oh man, you hear it coming from someone's mouth. So awesome! That was, dope. that was dope.
0: I am envious, of Gary and Mindy, for being able to partake in those conversations. But I am glad that they decided to share.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, <laughs> hope everybody had a good Monday. Hope this brightened it up a little bit. Uh, check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, and Reddit. Come and be part of the Holo Cult. And until we meet again, stay safe, stay weird, and remember, some of the best skinwalker deterrent is a well-placed speeding
1: dump truck.